I grew up in Lincoln watching Nebraska play. I was the hometown. Ah, there we go. Oh, Spartans there. That's why I was, I'm all pumped to hear what Ravi has to say. So Ravi and I have been kind of, I call it Twitter buddies here for quite a while, Mm -hmm. just because a lot in common and a little bit of some background similarities there. Welcome to the Fan Forum, the show where we learn more about Husker Nation by asking the fans the same four questions. I'm your host, Honky, and tonight we're joined by Lincoln East assistant football coach Ravi Mahapatra. Not only is he a Husker super fan, but he's also the former next door of Dr. Tom, uh, next door neighbor. Uh, He also owns an amazing Indian comfort food restaurant in Lincoln called BG's Best. You can find him on Twitter at Dr. underscore RPM. Welcome to the Fan Forum, Ravi. Thank you. I appreciate you uh, having me on. And I got some I got some good stories for you. I promise. Oh, well, I can't wait to get to these stories. But before we do, uh, a couple of our upcoming shows and then uh, some of the promos. Uh, up next on Wednesday night, Nebraska versus Northwestern. We are now into the season. So this is game week. And uh, we'll do a, a breakdown of the Northwestern Nebraska game. We also have some some little nuggets and news that uh, the Redcast is going to uh, talk about that night. So have some fun there, Redcasters. Uh, up next, hillvarsity.com slash subscribe. Use promo code REDCAST. You'll get $10 off your annual subscription. Also, FSC Edge. If you're looking to make a job change, Redcasters, uh, take a look at FSC Edge at www.jobsatfsc.com. The Alumni Hall, two Lincoln locations, downtown 11th and P Street and South Point behind Barnes & Noble. And as always, I'm wearing, tonight I'm wearing the the Adidas hat that uh, that we got. Where's from the Hawaiian shirt? That was fantastic. Oh yeah, so Rob's got the <laughs> the Hawaiian shirt in this photo, and then they sent us. Oh, Robbie, it oh, was super great. cool. They sent us the um, the coaches Adidas like sideline shirts that they're going to oh, do wow. on the polos. They are nice. sweet. I mean, yeah. it is like sweat wicking, all that good stuff. So uh, yeah, good, uh, go to Alumni good, Hall. Good for the summer. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Smack and Smooch. If I'm not wearing something from Alumni Hall, I'm wearing something from Smack and Smooch, custom shirts and specialty items. Uh, you can find them at Facebook and Twitter at Smack and Smooch. And they've got the new shirt, the War Daddy Up one here. So real cool shirt there. Uh, uh, again, find them on online. You can purchase all that stuff. I'm wearing the Go Big Red Cast shirt tonight. Uh, great stuff. Spot, you know, per, uh, you know, support all those sponsors, Redcasters. Thank them. Uh, they do great for us. But uh, back to the forum. And what is the fan form? We ask these same four questions. Why are you a Husker fan? What is your favorite Husker fan memory? Who are your all-time favorite Huskers? And, and how do you think the Huskers will do next year? But before we get to that, because we got lots of time, Robbie, we're going to talk lots of Husker stuff. But I want I want to learn a little bit more about you at first. Sure. And I mentioned in that that uh, intro that you own an amazing Indian uh, comfort food restaurant called BG's Best. Um, I'm going to show a little... Uh, clip here of it but uh t- you know tell us a little bit about this as we look at this so we in what it would have been about 2015 my mom decided to open a gas station and she had been wanting me and my brother to open one since we got out of high school she was like okay do you guys want to run a bunch of these and at the time you know me and my brother want to go to college and do all this stuff um so finally she was just like okay well i'm opening it you can help not whatever but uh you know we were going to help once she did it it was like okay yeah, we'll help. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all we had always growing up thought about doing uh, Indian fast food. 
because we always go to McDonald's and all these places. And it was how, how cool be if it was one of those? Because a lot of Indian restaurants are, you know, sit down places, kind of slower atmospheres. But uh, we wanted to kind of do it just quick, quick grab and go, real simple menu. And so we just have kind of three spots set up. And every Friday we do a chicken dish, uh, some other type of meat, and then a vegetarian option. We used to do three meats, but we did a vegetarian now because that's what people wanted. So mm-hmm. we have one of those. It's really good. And then we do a shrimp coconut curry every week. That shrimp was our first one that we did. And then we slowly started adding meals. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, we do a lunch from 11 to 2 on Fridays as well as 5 to 8 p.m. Um, and come closer to the beginning of that time than the later because we do run out sometimes. Mm-hmm. How we about got, like you know, Monday through Thursday? Do, are they open during, so during the, the week? We'll have a table right when you walk in right to the left that mm-hmm. uh, has a soup cauldron with some type of lentil soup or some type of Indian soup. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have a, a warmer that has uh, just some appetizers, you know, a, a mm-hmm. quick uh, like samosas and alotikis, which are almost like potato hash browns with mm-hmm. uh, paneer in it, which is an Indian cheese, Indian spicy cheese. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I got to tell you, I, I stopped by the other day. I was hoping to see you, and and you weren't in at that time, but I was. I just wanted to stop by, and it the smell was ridiculous. It was amazing what, in there. What day of the week was that? It would have been last Thursday, I think. Oh yeah, would have been it. Thursday, we do a lot of prep for Friday. Mm-hmm. So if you come in Thursday, it smells like a Friday. It smells like a Friday. Well, it was it was amazing, and it reminds me very much of like a diners, drive-ins, and dives kind of thing where I've seen. Yeah. They've done a couple of those where they're in a, um, you were talking about Oklahoma Joe's in Kansas City. where it Yeah, was, the original one in in, uh, in Kansas, yeah. And it started in a gas station, but now it's mm-hmm. pretty much, the inside is just a barbecue place. Yeah, so. I mean, it, it's such a cool spot. So anyways, I'm going to show that one again here. But uh, yeah, I'm that. sure you've driven by this if you live in the Lincoln area, 56 and Pine Lake. Uh, it's in the Valero gas station there. And um, you can find them on Facebook, facebook.com slash BG's Best. And BG's is spelled B-I-J. I-S-B-E-S-T. So uh, extremely cool. And I wanted to highlight that first before we yeah. even got into any of the other stuff. Yeah, we we, we joke that it's an Indian food speakeasy because we don't have any signage that says Indian food or BG's best. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people will come in and like looking around, but then they smell <laughs> it and it's okay, it must be here somewhere. So uh, but it, all the all the new people that have come in has, has all been word of mouth. The only advertising we do is other than this now, which thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. We post the menu on Thursday and Friday on our Facebook. That's pretty much it. So it's all been organic, and that's been really cool to see it grow that way. Mm-hmm. Well, Redcasters, when you go there, tell them that the Redcast sent you. You're not going to get anything off for it, but just tell them that the Redcast sent you, and I think uh, that would be awesome. So You might. Um, you might. <laughs> so uh, we'd like to kind of next go to some tweets of the week. And first one here, I just want to send this one out. This is uh, you know, a shameless self-promotion, I guess. But uh, Redcasters, if you're going to Ireland this week, we want to see your photos. Tag us, and we'll show as many of as we can on this week's Redcast and the next week. So Redcasters out there in Ireland, tag us on it. Uh, but next, you know, I mentioned that you're also, in addition to uh, being the owner there at BG's Best, you also are an assistant coach at Lincoln East. And this was a, uh, a tweet of the week from a very well-known recruit and player for you right now, Malachi Coleman. And he's sitting in his bathtub the other day and he's looking up and he's got all these recruiting materials on him. And, and he says, where's home? Um, obviously Redcasters out there are very interested in, in him hopefully staying home here. But yeah. my question more to you and you coach wide receiver. So you coach Malachi from a position group standpoint, but just in general, what is he like as a, as a player, as a person to be around? And on top of that, 
what's it like coaching a player that gets that kind of national, you know, attention? Yeah. Uh, first, I help coach wide receiver as I want to give credit mm-hmm. to our main wide receiver coach, Ryan Schrod. Okay. He's younger than me, which is weird to be an assistant coach to a guy younger, but he is awesome. He's, he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so, you know, Ging and some of the older guys who've been there for a while have coached guys uh, that, you know, maybe not this caliber, but guys that get a lot of attention and, and have a lot of offers and stuff like that. This is my sixth year coaching. And I mean, he's definitely the best kid I've coached. And it was one of those things where when he came in as an incoming freshman, you could tell, okay, he was going to be good, but he just needed to grow into his body. You know, like the whole baby gazelle type of thing. He mm-hmm. still has some of those moments. Don't let him, uh, don't let him make you think otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he just kind of needed to grow into himself and he's actually still doing that. Uh, but it's, it's really cool to watch him in practice. Cause he does things that are just stuff you see on, you know, Saturdays and Sundays on highlights and he'll just do it in practice. But for as much attention as people give and cheer and his teammates and stuff, when he does something like that, uh, we were doing a kickoff today. And so he was back there just catching them. Mm-hmm. If he drops one, everybody's going to let him know. So he gets <laughs> it from both sides from the teammates. He gets it from both sides from us as coaches. Uh, so, and we, we, we keep him kind of grounded and he keeps himself very, very grounded too. Uh, but he has fun with it. I mean, when you know you can do some of those things, it would be hard not to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really cool to watch. You know, I mean, you'll, mm-hmm. you'll just watch drills and it's like, okay, that's how we felt last year with Noah Walters. He'd make mm-hmm. throws and we just got used to it. But if you were standing behind him and, you know, when they're running team or something, it's like, how did you see that? Was, well, that's the route. That's what they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It was just so cool to watch. So Malachi's, like that as a receiver and also as a, as an edge rusher. I mean, you mm-hmm. can close a gap real quick. Yeah. Walter's last year. He's at North Alabama now, right? Yep. At, yep. He's a freshman at North Alabama. They just got so Ryan Held is down there. And... Yeah. Yeah. He was obviously big in getting him down there. Hey, Redcasters. I know the economy has been tough and are you looking for a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having a competitive, stable history of over 20 years? What is FSC Edge, a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies, expert services, helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality, and they support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the United States and Europe. You can work with fun people with great attitudes, learn about patents. You're not on the phone. You're not customer facing. You can dress just like me right now in your Husker tank top and your Go Big Red Cast hat, and you can work in a new environment with over $2 million in improvements job also comes with excellent benefits go check out available jobs today at www.jobsandfsc.com um and then you mentioned there with malachi too that uh you know he could be i I guess i've seen a lot of things he could be a wide receiver he could be an athlete you mentioned defensive end there a rush in and yeah he played defensive end last year for us and mm -hmm. this year he's we uh you know he's he's gonna kind of rush, rush from the edge play play wherever what is his, his what's his size roughly? Uh he'll tell you he's six six, but he's six five. <laughs> at least right now. He might grow up, he might wake up tomorrow at six six. That happens sure. to him. Um and weight wise, two hundred something, depending on how you know hot it was or how much he ate. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's 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 hard for him to gain weight. He just you know, he's shredded. I wish mm-hmm. uh I, I wish I could I wish I could have that problem, but you know, not not yeah, anymore. Well, don't we all? <laughs> 
You yeah. also coach um, uh, on the track team there, and Malachi and other players that that uh, uh, run for you there. You what yeah. do you coach there? Is it was it hurdles? You said. Yep, I'm the hurdle coach at East. Awesome. Um, well, cool. Well, uh, in addition to that, here the other tweet of the week I wanted to highlight was. Uh, we, th- again, this is some shameless self-promotion on our part, but we had our, what are your top three logos here, uh, for former Husker logos and you voted for six, three times. So you like the, uh, you like the, the black Husker script over the, the red end, but none that of the other right, ones do anything for you. That right there is, is, is my childhood. You know, the, mm-hmm. your first question is, uh, you know, why are you a Husker fan? Mm-hmm. And so image wise, uh, that's like, that's the image of like starting being a Husker fan. And plus mm-hmm. it just looks so good. Cause if you like five, okay, you got the same script, but then six, you got the end for it too. It's the best of both. Yeah. That, that's true. You know, and this is great podcast for the people tomorrow that will just be listening and don't get to see this, but we're looking at um, the tweet that we sent out, the Redcast sent out a week ago. And to your point there, Robbie, this is actually in order chronologically so number one this does put you in a time frame if you were you know numbers number six would be you know in that kind of late 90s early 2000s whatever that period but like number one that is that's old school that's the era stuff and yeah that is that's a old school i don't know if that's harry husker or herbie husker boomer on our show would be the one (laughs) to, to know that and then that go big red the go big red um helmet that was Gosh, I'm guessing that's early 70s. And then I would have thought that's a newer one. Mm, see that? Yeah, that one, that's back. Good. That one's like a 70s one, I'd got to say. And then number three, that's the the Herbie Husker that, so I'm dating myself now, growing up kind of in the 80s, that was huge then. And then number four, a lot of people have been confused on this one. They think it's a University of Nebraska one, but it actually, in the in the mid-80s, it was on the floor at the Vanny Center for, okay. for basketball. So, uh, but kind of an, you know, not a real well-known one. But, Basketball's uh, worn that recently, right? For like the last couple yeah, of years. You, you know think. what? I think you're right. I think they've done kind of like a, you know, alternative jersey and they've, they've worn that before. And so. Um, so but that end with the Husker script, man, that, that's the one. That's the one. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, and that was a popular, and that, that went by our standards, very viral. I mean, that, that got a lot of responses over all of our social platforms. And so um, that was a, uh, that was really cool. And, and yeah. uh it was fun to have you respond to that, but it leads us perfectly right into question number one. And as you mentioned, why are you a Husker fan? Um, I mentioned at the beginning too, you, you grew up as a next door neighbor of Dr. Tom, but is that, is that what did it or, or you know, what uh, made you a fan? No. So that was sort of like a cherry on top as a kid, a uh, Husker fan. So I, I was born March of 89. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 92 ish, 93. When I started kind of knowing Husker ish stuff. Uh, but so my parents uh, both moved here from India in 70s, mid 70s, late 70s. Mm-hmm. So being a first generation kid uh, and you know, growing up in Lincoln, uh, being a Husker fan and liking Husker football was almost about fitting in. And you just, OK, if you like Husker football, that was easy. It was OK. Yeah, they're a Husker fan. Because um, that was about the only thing that made me and my brother similar to, mm-hmm. you know, schools we went to and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. So that was just a way for us to fit in. And then, you know, you play football at recess. I don't know if they have recess anymore or if they let them play football at recess, but that was, that was, you know, a proving ground, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, just playing and being a kid running around. I mean, you want to run around, you want to run into people, you want to kick footballs. Uh, so it just started as that as a way to fit in. And then once you start learning it and going to games and so you can imagine 
going to a, a first game in 93, 94. It's like the epitome of it. So a little kid mm-hmm. going to a Bama game right now is going to be a pretty big Bama fan. Sure. No matter what happens for them for the next 20 years. Maybe they'll go on a run like we did the last 20 years. Yeah, <laughs> let's hope. Well, that's a, you know, I've talked to a number of people on the fan forum so far. Yep. And uh, the same thing, it's kind of like whatever your first few years, for me, it was 1983. And so that whole, the 80s were oh, yeah. were amazing. Now, you said, did did you move here from India then, or were you so born my, here? Uh, my parents did. And so I'm actually the only person in my immediate family that was born here. Okay. Brian West, or I don't know what they call it now, but mm, Brian yeah. West. Um, but yeah. yeah, my mom and dad moved here, and then my uh, older sister and brother were born in India. That's right. Alumni Hall, they just opened up a sweet new shop in downtown Lincoln. I believe it took over one of the other shops. What shop was that, Honky? It was Husker mm-hmm. Headquarters. They also have one at Hus- 56 and um, Highway 2. So yeah. there's two locations in Lincoln now. And Yeah, and they just they just opened up there. And next time I'm in Lincoln, I'm definitely looking forward to going there and checking out this the store itself. You know, we, we've, we've gone around the Haymarket, checked out a couple stores there. But apparently this one is top-notch and, and you know, number one with all of, like, the actual licensed, you know, swag and everything. And I got my shirt there too. So a little Herbie love going on and, you know, rock and roll, uh, mm-hmm. you know, again, that's alumni hall and you can also check their stuff out alumni hall.com backslash Nebraska. I think it is. And you can see all of the stuff to purchase from them through there. Cause they will send it to you in the mail each year. Approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer. Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive, and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. We're asking you to help by tuning into the 10th annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure. Now back to our show. Were there any other sports? I mean, obviously, you you were born here, so you, you know football. But your brother and sister were yep. were there other sports that they that they're big fans of that you don't see as much here? Uh, so my sister would make a like throw up face if you mention sports. She does not care at all. Okay. Um, she, she's a doctor up in Omaha, and just she was a nerd when she grew up. She went to Southeast. So, <laughs> um, but uh, she doesn't. She's not a big sports fan. And my brother liked other sports. He liked racing and mm. was big into planes. And whatnot. So, I was kind of the only football fan, other than other than my dad, uh, and then my mom as well, just uh, in our family. But mm-hmm. my, I mean, my brother loves football and everything. He's a big fan as well. But he was more into racing and stuff like that. So I was outside, kicking a ball up on my own, catching it like a punt, you know, throwing mm-hmm. the ball on uh, on the roof, bounces down. So, and, and then, you know, with with doing stuff like that, you know, with with uh, Coach Osborne being my neighbor, he moved. I think. Like right before they won the 97 title, somewhere around there. Um, and uh, I remember my parents sitting us down, just being like, you cannot just walk over there and ring the doorbell. You just, you can't do that. You know, like if Nick Saban <laughs> moves next door to you, you would tell your kids, hey, don't, don't bother him. Don't bother him. Well, being that didn't work. We would ride, <laughs> we would ride our bike the long way around our neighborhood and then mm-hmm. end up at his house from the other way. Cause we could have just gone out our driveway, turned left. We would go the other way. And then, uh, yeah, there were there were a lot of times as a kid, we would just go ring the doorbell. And this is when he was in Congress. So a mm-hmm. lot of time it was uh, Nancy Osborne. And, you know, we're just little kids and, you know, hey, is, is Tom home? No, no, he's not. He's not. And she would always spend time with us, show us something cool. Um, mm-hmm. 
and and Coach Osborne was like that as well. He would be walking, uh, walking his dog or or something like that in front of our house, and we mm-hmm. had a wide uh, kind of front yard, so we would see him from a window on the left. That was like there he is. We'd put our shoes on, we'd run out with a ball on the other end of our yard, and just play. And it was like, oh, Coach, didn't see you there. Hey, <laughs> he would all you know. He would always humor us. He would always get down on one knee and talk to us and give some really simple football tip. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was very sweet to us. Very. very it's, sweet. it's interesting. We put people on pedestals, right. That are, you know, celebrities or, or, you know, high ranking officials or whatever, yeah. but you know what? Yeah. I'm, he's mowing his yard. He's doing, you know, walking the dog, doing normal neighbor things that any other neighbor does. And it, that's a, that's an interesting upbringing to, to, to be able to have those stories that you're right next so door. I'm not to sure. I don't know how old he is exactly now, but, uh, within the last year, I was going to my mom's house and he was cutting branches from a tree by himself with a chainsaw above his head. It's just like, okay. You know, and he he was always doing that stuff by himself when I was a kid. So Mm. as a kid, being a kid in their prime, and then he's your next door neighbor. It was cool to see him on TV and all that. And then you'd see him walking his dog and he would sit and talk about how was like school going or you know, how far mm. can you kick the ball now? So, and he didn't have to be that nice to us. It would, I, you would have understood, right? Yeah. But, oh yeah. I mean, I'm sure busy and you know, you, yeah. you'd expect Always him to give us the time of day, showed us cool stuff and yeah, very nice. Excellent. Yeah. It was, cool. Cool. it was fun. Well, one other shared connection that, that you and I have, and you, we mentioned your dad and he passed away a few years ago, right? Yeah. In he, uh, 2018, 2018. Sorry to, sorry for that. My wife worked, at NHI right at yeah. right as she got there, I think might've been one of his last years before he retired. Yep. Um, but um, so she got to know him just a little bit, but actually of all things, I can remember driving by the gas station yeah. and her saying, yeah, that the, the doctor that just, uh, you know, retired or you're good. They, they're, they own this and they're starting up a restaurant. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, so yeah. a lot of info. Yeah. Yeah. Did she work at the heart hospital then? She worked on the, or she works on the other side. There's like the heart hospital and then the medical building. The MOB. The, the two, the, the I MOB. I there, I remember. It oh, always okay. sounded cool. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I work in the mob. Yeah. She always comes home. I work at, I work at the MOB today. Oh, very cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it sounds cool. Yeah. The, I, 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 like I, I was telling you on Twitter, uh, anytime I see purple scrubs, there's only one group that ever wore purple scrubs here. It's always mm-hmm. NHI people. So mm-hmm. a lot of my pajamas are old purple purple scrub pants and whatnot. So we've got the purple all over the house. Yeah. Well, let's move on to question number two here. What is your favorite Husker fan memory? So I'm sure this is the one where everyone tells you like, Oh my God, it's really hard. And of course there's a million uh, that you could pick from, but uh, the one, if I'm talking to somebody or meet someone that's a Husker fan that I'll bring up, that's like a, Hey, this was something we did really fun at the stadium. It was the Oklahoma game when they came with Landry Jones, you know, the Matt O'Hanlon three pick game. Oh uh, my so, gosh, 2009. Yep. Yep. And me and my brother had gone to the big 12 title the year before that. Um, and so being at that game, we always go to games together. Me and my, my brother, Serge, my older brother, Serge. Uh, so just had a blast at that game and everything. And it felt good to beat Oklahoma. You know, it was like, you know, finally, um, and to do it the way they did. And so we went down to the, you know, the red fence on the sidelines, on the Husker sideline. Mm-hmm. And this was when I was in, I was a junior in college. Um, so just kids grew up with. And 
uh, new people on the team. Uh, so we're there, and then the game gets over. And me and my brother this whole time had kind of been like, let's go on the field. Let's, like, let's go on the field. And we thought we were going to have a horde of people behind us. And so the game gets over. I look at him, and we just hop the fence. He gets over, and we run onto the field. And so I ran into a few players that I knew, and it was just like, what's up? And we look back, and it was just us. <laughs> so then it was like, well, we're on the field. Let's just hang out. And uh, a cop walked by and was like, if you guys don't want to spend the night in jail, you should leave the field. So, okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll go. We'll go. So we went to the – then after that, we went to the Buffalo Wild Wings downtown and bought like 100 wings, took them home. It, it, that was a fun night. Mm-hmm. That's always the one. I've never ran on a field. Um, and, <laughs> you know, we, we're not supposed to run on the field in Nebraska, right? But well, yeah, and we're, we're not supposed to tear down the goalposts. That was super the, fun. Yeah. We, we, we used to go, tear down goalposts and all that stuff, too. And that was a great – hey, that's a great memory of a game, too. I mean, yeah. that was a 10-3 to three victory over, over Oklahoma. Great night game. Um, it was the first it was time intense. in the Stoops era. It was just anxiety the whole time, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the, the first time in the Stoops era, they didn't score a touchdown at Oklahoma. You know, and so that was – that oh, wow, defense and Dominic and Sue and all those guys, that was such yeah. an amazing defense. Can you imagine that, if that, they took goalposts down now? When you see pictures of that, that's it. It seems crazy, and they would walk, people would walk through the streets. You go to mm-hmm. people's houses; there's still people that have pieces of, of mm-hmm. goalposts. Oh yeah, and it's yeah, like a hey, let me show you in this room back here. They don't want yeah, anybody my, to take it, but uh, yeah, that 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 would be wild. That'd be wild. My my fraternity house in college, which was mid '90s, they had cut a couple of the the goalposts had been knocked down over the late '80s, <laughs> early '90s, and they'd cut little pieces of it so they're like on top of the mantle in front of the fireplace and marker on them saying what the date was and the score and all that. Oh, that's cool. Um, but yeah, that that Oklahoma game. See, this is the thing we've talked about this on the show a number of times, and, and Redcast Dave has brought this up, where it's like what we need for young kids. You mentioned those memories are when you're in your formidable years, your young years. Yeah. And right now, it's it, we've had a, a drought here for the last few years, and we all understand that, but it's for young kids. It's the, you need to have some kind of shared moments, a big moment where people really get together a big win. Definitely. And, and so when I ask you that, it, it, it doesn't sur- surprise me that you come up with a game like that. That's, that's a, that's a great memory of where yeah. we big win against a big team and every, it all comes together and the fan base is crazy. And, and you just, you remember every little thing. I remember going to B-dubs afterwards. I remember doing yeah. this. And I mean, think about the, that Colorado game in 08. I, oh, uh, my brother was at that game and he ended up going with a friend cause it was cold that day. And I, I watched that from home. I mm-hmm. let a friend go with my brother and then that field goal happened. And I'm sitting there on the couch by myself in my house. Like I could be in the stands. I just, that, so ever since then, it's if I'm going to a game, I'm going to a game. Mm-hmm. If I don't yeah. go to a game, something awesome like that's going to happen and I'm going to miss it again. Oh gosh. Rob, can you put that one up again uh, from Shelby there? That message. Uh, the first game, uh, Shelby Lewis says, first game I went to was when the goalpost came down to see you in 92. <laughs> Watched them carry it out and accidentally hit a cop car with it. That game was a Halloween day game. Both teams were ranked number eight, I believe, in the country. Halloween massacre, and, yeah. and Nebraska beat them 52 to seven, I think. And I mean, I was at that game and it was oh, a man. perfect freezing rain kind of coming down, but a, a crazy uh, environment. That's a, Tommy, that's a pretty good first game. I don't oh, know if God. it gets much better than that. Yeah, I mean Tommy Frazier, his fresh that was his freshman year, and they were um just a ton, you know, that was a that was a really good season. We were starting to turn the corner in ninety two. 
and leading to what was going to become the dynasty after that. But yeah, it's, it's just one of those things where Memorial stadium, there's no better place to be when, when it's rocking, like you mentioned the, um, the Alex Henry kick. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, Oh, I'm so ashamed of this, but (laughs) I, I know I don't leave games early. I don't, but there in 2000, what would that have been? 13 Northwestern. Yeah. I wasn't even supposed to go to the game. It was, I was already meeting a friend afterwards. And at the last second, a buddy's like, do you want to go to the game with me? And I'm like, I, I, I can't, I can't make it through the whole game. I have to leave at half no matter what. Yeah. But I was like, well, I'm not going to turn down free tickets. So I go to the game with them and I'm in the South stadium for the first half. And then I'm like, I got to leave. Not because I want to, but oh, I have man. to. That the, the, the Jordan Westerkamp Hail Mary catch would have happened 20 feet in front of us. And I was watching it on TV at, at this friend's house that I was supposed to be at. And I'm like, you felt I, what I felt during that Colorado game. Oh, it's just, yeah. It's like you had yeah. a chance to see the Henry thing. Right. And then, so maybe that game actually was my redemption from that 08 game because uh, you know, me and my brother once, you know, we were on what 40 or our own 40, something like that. So me mm-hmm. and my brother start walking out and we walk out South and they're kind of setting up to run that last play. And we're about to go into the, what would be, South East Tunnel mm-hmm. um, and, and leave. And it was like, you know, let's just watch it. So we're standing looking on the on the goal line and we see it. And it's just like, <laughs> and the whole stadium, everybody just running around. Hug. I mean, if we would have heard it walking out of the stadium, mm-hmm. that would have been, oh, man. But yeah, yeah, I my, mean, that, that was cool. My that coworker. Was, my coworker used to work for the Journal Star, and he was covering wrestling. And they were actually in the Coliseum, uh, you know, uh, two hundred yards away from the yeah the, uh, the the football stadium. And there was a wrestling meet either happening or was going to be happening. And he said the place shook when when wow. at, at, after Henry made that, he could feel it inside the Coliseum. They didn't even know what had happened, but there was <laughs> certainly a ruckus of some kind. And Oh, Again, that is one of those moments. And Redcasters, I guess as you're listening to this and people that are following along watching, I mean, type in your whatever your favorite moments were, your early moments. And Rob, you can you can display those while we're talking here. But uh, yeah, those those are special moments as a Husker fan that that they'll stick with you forever. And it, and it, they're usually part of what's your favorite fan memory. So uh, that that's yeah. really interesting. Well, let's go to question number three. Who are your all time favorite Huskers? So. First favorite player growing up was Tommy Frazier. And, mm-hmm. you know, I told you when I first started watching it, so that makes perfect sense. You know, they, they you could use you could buy those plastic lockers that you would have in your room. You mm-hmm. know, they're maybe like three and a half, four feet high. So my brother bought one, put put our last name on it, Mahapatra. I put Frazier on mine. Because I was <laughs> like Tommy Frazier's lockers in my in my room, you know. Uh, so that's my first favorite player. Um uh, I was always a huge Jason Peter fan. I was terrified of both of them when I was a kid. Still terrified of them. You know, double nickel. Yeah, yep. exactly, exactly. Watching them do that after just murdering somebody on the field <laughs> was was awesome. It was awesome. And you know, as a kid, then you know you go imitate that, like we were talking about playing football at recess. And uh, but then obviously running backs. There's a bunch mm-hmm. of those to name. All time favorite running back and all time favorite player would have to be LP. Um, mm. Everything else aside, obviously, um, if I'm watching Husker highlights, it's always LP highlights. The smoothest player that's ever ever worn that jersey. It was amazing to watch him. Watch him. And so as a kid, that was what, okay, that's a Husker running back, right? 
that was that was the, my my standard in my mind. But mm-hmm. a lot of people, I think, would say that's the standard of okay, being a epitome of a running back here. Um, and then growing up, Eric Crouch, the fact that he was from uh, from Nebraska, and then I remember watching his Heisman ceremony, sitting uh, at the base of the bed in my in my mom's bedroom, parents' bedroom. And uh, yeah, when he won, it was just like, oh my god, I'm alive for one of these things. And I was still mm-hmm. young then, but even then, it, it, it registered, oh, this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So our family got really excited and bought uh, tickets and everything to go to the national championship that day. So that's my one and only national championship experience, unfortunately. So you were there at the Rose Bowl. That's I. So I was at the Colorado game that preceded that Rose Bowl, and that was a oh. that was a rough one. But honestly, I don't uh, know which one would have been worse. That's tough. Well, we went to the Colorado game as the number one team, and and yeah. we went there that day absolutely assuming that that we were going to win. And we're down 28, nothing. I think it was at the end of the first quarter. And it was like, Oh my gosh. I mean, we've never seen anything it, that literally had never happened in my lifetime uh, under Osborne. We had never given up 50 points or more in a game ever. Oh. And, and this was year four of Solich and it still hadn't happened. So in my lifetime, we'd never given up 50. So when I saw that, that scoreboard, so brutal for you. Oh yeah. When I saw the oh. scoreboard hit 50 for the first time, I'm like, well, I, I, I can't believe that just happened. And then it, it didn't stop, you know, it got into the sixties, but then, you know, the game Same gets play. done. Yeah. The, gee, I'm no kidding. That counter up the middle and they, but so then we're driving home from Colorado the next day and it's like, well, there's so many, with 8,000 things would have to happen for us to ever, you know, get there. So at least you start getting your mind into, let's just play a, a bowl game, whoever we're going to play. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden it's like Oklahoma state beat Oklahoma. And I think like Texas loss or, or they beat Colorado the next week or Colorado beat that, whatever the, the whole series of things happen. It's like, Oh my gosh, we're playing Miami. And that's like the Miami team that was like, Oh yeah. That what? I remember watching sports center and this was maybe the day after we had lost that game. And they went through a long list of all the things that would have to happen for us to get in the national title. And you know, it was like 13, 14 things. It's just, okay, whatever. <laughs> They're just doing that to make a graphic. And mm-hmm. then it just, it started happening. So we got in and, you know, everyone was obviously pumped, but it was just like, it, I, now nowadays after seeing all those players in the NFL and all the Hall of Famers, I have a little bit more doubt about it. But for years, I thought, you know, if we would have beat Colorado, we would have beat Miami. I mean, that just ruined us. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, we, we were in the kind of corner of the end zone where Frost had that long run, ran mm-hmm. over Ed Reed. Yeah, that, there were a few moments in the right game. Right over Ed Reed, which is yeah. – I love Ed Reed. But so every time I see the highlight, it's like, yeah. Yeah, he ran over Reed, and, and Dewan Gross, I think, had a what a punt return in it yeah. for a touchdown. Yeah. But, man, Miami called the dogs off in that game. We were – there was yeah. a point, I think, in the second quarter, they were just, you know, smothering us already. And then we – you know, but they – Larry Coker, I guess, uh, he'll always have a little soft spot in my heart. They yeah, how random totally is that? Larry it. Coker. Larry Coker won a title there. What? Yeah. He just, yeah, he I remember stepped. being at the concessions at halftime and there was this really drunk Miami fan, which <laughs> probably doesn't specify that at all, but uh, <laughs> just kind of standing in line, looking around like this one's over, man. This one's over, man. And it was, it was just like, I was in sixth grade at the time. It's like, damn, this guy's right. It was just, yeah. it, we stayed for the whole game. That trip was really fun. Universal studios, Rose bowl parade. I think the, the person was Regis, who was like the famous person that went through mm-hmm. it. So I thought that was super cool. I saw Regis from like 400 feet away, you know. 
Um, so that whole week was awesome. The then then we went to the game. Yeah, well, and you know, it's a, it's one of your all time favorite Husker memories is going to a yeah. bowl game. Well, I mean, that's you know, that's something that we haven't done now for maybe this kind of gets us transitions us into question four. Sure. And of course, question four is how do you think the Huskers will do next year? Or actually, it's this year now. We're talking about this week. And not going to a bowl game. Game We haven't been to a bowl game now since 2016. Uh, That those memories that you're talking about having going to the Rose Bowl. It's something that um, you know we we desperately as a fan base want to get back to. We want the young kids that are going to be on the fan form in 15 years. We want them to be able to point back to this year as their first memories, right? Their first big memory they remember. Um, How do you think that uh, the Huskers are going to do? So I was actually thinking about this driving home from practice of like a number and then looking, I looked at the schedule and whatnot. And since Frost got here, my expectation or, you know, maybe not expectation, but hope for it. And but this year would be expectation is let's just get to a bowl game. And then after that season, then you build and then you worry about numbers. Mm-hmm. So if we get to a bowl game winning 12 games, great. If we get to a bowl game winning six games, great to me. But now I know it'd be really frustrating and I would, I would be frustrated as well because there'd be a lot of games that we didn't want to lose that we lost in there. Uh, but just a bowl game. That's my expect. I expect us to get to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. So floor six wins, but uh, I think eight probably. So there'll be games where we wanted to win, but I think we'll win more games, close ones. You know, they're not going to be a lot of 56, seven Northwesterns mm-hmm. other than this, you know, this Saturday, but mm-hmm. uh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I was, continue i was i was gonna talk yeah, a little bit i think well i think we'll win close games i think uh i think our special teams will not just be serviceable bill bush is is like is a dude and he mm-hmm. cares about coaching special teams you know it's not uh an analyst kind of or split up and not to say that those can't work but they did not work here no uh, bill bush is is the second we hired him and he's going to be a special teams guy, it was like, okay, that'll be fine. We're going to be just fine there. Uh, Cause it's not a, Hey, let's, let's put people on special teams to get them on the field. It's, Hey, who wants to be on this unit? You know? Mm-hmm. And just that little switch of mindset can that special teams, you know, that special teams. It's huge. And, you know, I, I told you, I, I did the youth football from late nineties to the, the early 2000 teens. And I would go to the coaches clinics every year in the spring ball. And so in 2005 and six, I'm going to there and I'm watching Bill Bush giving demonstrations on special teams as as the coordinator back then. And Nebraska was a top 25 special teams unit back then and special teams. I mean, yeah, you need some talent out of your kicker, you know, I mean, very specific talent out of that. But aside from that, it's been weird how bad that's been. That's just, That's yeah. that just needs to get fixed, and, and hopefully they brought in the right guys here with the Black Road and and uh, Bushimi at that punter and kicker. Is it Black Road or Bleak Road? I've heard both, and so you know Bleak I'm going to say Black Road. Fun. I've heard Bleak Road too. I don't. Well, you know, you know what, what the sports I, center thing will be if he misses a game winner. <laughs> I mean, there'll be too many options. But um, yeah, and so if somebody knows that, uh, feel free to comment in to yeah. tell us uh, tell us that Redcasters. But but what I know about Bush is is that. It special teams more than just talent. Set aside, set aside the, the foot talent. It's about mm-hmm. want to, and you hear and you coach football and, and you know which guys do they want to be out there or not. And Bush made it apparent that the guys that were going to play were guys that were going to have the want to, and we want guys that 
And I, and I only want guys that want to come out here and be out there on special. And it's teams obvious when you see it. Yes. And, and it's you obvious see Alabama. It's there. Yeah. Alabama throws out their, their starting corners and starting I mean, They play starters out there. And I, I love, love the walk-on program. I'm a huge walk-on guy. I love the idea of one or two walk-ons or three or whatever being out there in, in cases too. I think that's a great way to develop some young talent, but yeah. you also got to have some studs out there. And, and no matter what, whoever's out there, they have to have the want to the desire and they have to own that, whatever that, that team they're on punt team, punt return, you name it. And, um, and Bill Bush did a, I mean, he, he, yeah, I am cool. 100% have, confident in that guy. Yeah. That, that would have been uh, that would have been really interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned I'm, kind of, you know, the seven wins or eight, eight wins, I think is what you said. And so Vegas right now, pretty much all off season, they've had us at seven and a half. I'm not big in, into the Vegas stuff and into gambling and all that, but we've done a lot of off season shows where we've been prognosticating <laughs> and we had a uh, college football professor on um, Adam McClintock and college yeah, football oh, matrix. Awesome. Dave, yeah, Dave Bartu, college football smart. matrix. Those two guys were on, and it was the first time they've been doing this. Uh, this uh, analytics, uh, God dang, I'm forgetting the uh, name of the place, analytics matrix or something. But they've been doing this uh, business for like ten years. They yeah. had never been on a video call together ever, and they've never met each other in person. They've been doing a business for like ten years, consulting wow. with college coaches and pro coaches, and you name it. But anyways, they must they be were, very good communicators. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, they and Dave, that Dave Bartu guy is a he's a character, but they went through the season and they were using the same analytics and, and college football matrix or uh, Professor Adam McClintock. They were using the same matrix, the same metrics that they use every other year. And in past, those metrics would lead us to being, you know, three and nine, five and seven. It was always undercutting what Husker fans wanted, but that's what it was the always metrics... very surprising what came out. It was like, there's no way. Yeah. But no yeah. way we'll do that bad. And then we yeah. would do that bad. This year they had us at seven and five. And it was, I mean, it was, it was that close to eight and four. It was, it was actually the Purdue game was where they had us at like 49.8% chance to win. He comes well, back about a month after. Yeah. Well, he comes back lie. a month after we do the show and he goes, actually, I've rerun some numbers and it bumped us up and he put us at eight and four. And this was mm-hmm. him using his, you know, th- th- he goes, there's no bias here. This is just solely numbers solely metrics that are, you know, built into my formula, but, and, and part of me is like, you know, who cares at the end of the day, the games are going to be played and I don't, but, but it is interesting to hear people. It's not just Kool-Aid drinking. And sometimes it's national people that aren't Husker fans where they're like, no, we, we see progress here and we think this should happen. And maybe some of it's schedule you're replacing Michigan state and Ohio state with Indiana and Rutgers from the other side. Yeah. Finally, we don't have to play Ohio state for once, you know, I mean, that, that maybe that might help, but all that leads to, I guess, some more promise. And I just, I'm really just, I'm excited to see some of the changes. I, I, I loved, I really did like a lot of the players that we had before, even Martinez, who was just announced as a captain mm-hmm. at Kansas state. I don't wish the kid anything, anything yeah, wrong. That's he awesome just, for him. That is really, cool yeah, he needed a new start somewhere else and we needed a new start with, and I'm excited to see these new coaches. I'm excited to see these new players, Casey. I mean, that's, Casey Thompson, quarterback. I mean, it it should be a lot of fun to see some of these new faces out there. Yeah, his interview that he did just, you know, and and it's not like he rehearsed what to talk Mm -hmm. about. It was just like he's talking to a coach or, oh, this is what they do. So Mm -hmm. that's more than just knowing it from a, I can write it down what they do. I mean, he's going through things in his mind while he's talking, you know, that, Mm -hmm. that was impressive. That's a, that's a quarterback quarterback. Oh my gosh. When you talk about the the new coaches and whatnot, I think 
Finally, it's the operation from AD on down is everything's in line. Mm-hmm. Everything. We're really lucky to have Alberts. He's really good. It, it would have been very tempting a year ago, I'm sure, for an, a different type of AD that maybe, you know, you're going three and nine. Maybe you make the, you know, you pull the rug out and you just start over from scratch. We've done that too many times. Yep. We, uh, we were the, the second the stat at least a year ago, I don't know if it's changed, but at one point we were the second leading school in dead money in the country since 2010, meaning we paid the second most amount to coaches and players and administrators to not work here. <laughs> we we're paying off their contracts. We had the second most amount. It was over $20 million. I'm second only to Auburn. That's not a stat that you want to have. And the easy thing would have been to just fire and start over again. I appreciate Trev's patience. You just the way he talks, the way he yes, you, he's. I mean, I'm I'm jittery. I'm I'm nuts. I you know I want to talk <laughs> and and Trev just kind of you know he he's very calm. He he's patient. He 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 but just, just he calm, thinks through things. Yeah, he's he's measured. But you'll see mm-hmm. even little things of him posting about the rifle team doing something mm-hmm. cool or good luck to them. And you know he probably doesn't know off the top of his mind all those things maybe you know people are probably saying hey they're about to do this today but we've had plenty of ad's that didn't do stuff like that and it's it makes you mm-hmm. you know as fans of all those sports and as athletes it's like oh hey he's paying attention and if he does that more people are likely to look at it so you know it's easy to pump up football and volleyball uh mm-hmm. softball things like that but uh he's doing everything and that's that's really cool that makes it seem like he's worried about it I think that's a great point there. When he was getting hired from UNO, um, there were there were questions that were asked of him of like, hey, you know, over the years there have been player, you know, reunions. And, you know, have you had a chance to make it to any of those player reunions since you graduated here in 93, Trev? And he's yeah. like, no, unfortunately I couldn't. I was the athletic director. And a lot of times there'd be a tennis match or there would be, you know, mm. a golf, you know, thing or whatever it was. And he's like, I felt the obligation as the athletic director at UNO to, to be there. And that's really cool. He made controversial moves at UNO that were needed, by the way. I mean, it was it was a long-term plan thing, and he he moved them into division one, which was is unheard of. But by the time he left 10 years later, and I know they were controversial at the beginning, and there will be some people that there that you know will never, you know, never be happy that you know he he did what he had to do, which was drop football and drop wrestling there. But he raised over $100 million for Omaha Athletics over the course of a decade, <laughs> which is insane. He saw them build Baxter Arena, and then before he left, he they built a new baseball and softball facility. And That and baseball that point, field was nice. Oh, my gosh. It, That's awesome. It's created a campus environment to the south campus there of UNO. That, that, that used to be a commuter school all the way up until the 90s. They didn't have dorms. Yeah. And, and you walk around Scott Campus now, it's amazing. And, and they have sports built into it. And it's created a real campus environment. He did an outstanding job of that. But then also to that point, he was there. It was really the one of the bigger knocks on Moose was that Moose was, you know, he's always at, at his them, ranch yeah. in eastern Washington or whatever. Well, that wasn't ever going to be an issue with Trev. Trev was Trev's gonna be here. He's gonna he's gonna lead by example. And and uh I, I think that's a great I think he's a great example for the rest of the athletic department to follow. Well, to to your point of you know uh it's not like he was coming from the East coast to a player reunion and he had to go to a tennis match. He was mm-hmm. in Omaha, right? Mm-hmm. That's a, Oh, Hey, I'm just going to go down there. It, it very easy for him to do that. And I, I didn't know that. That's really cool. And that, I mean, I know it was 50, 50 when he hired him, but 
man, you just see him work. The first week, it was like, okay, this is a lot different. Yeah, it was it was weird. We've had ads with some different habits as far as work goes. So mm. I'm really glad that we have Trev here. That's that's good for us. And, and I so badly want to see this work for Scott for for a number of, for countless numbers of reasons. Right. But the excitement that I think of of Scott and Trev getting to know each other and work for a good long time together and have a lot of success together. That is something that as, as Husker fans, as Nebraskans, I mean, I mean, who can't get behind that? I mean, that is exactly what yes. um, that the values, everything that the, I, I love the walk on program. I love the, the in-state recruiting. I mean, I, right now, this is a, a year of a lot of in-state recruits and we've talked about one of them that goes to your school there. Right. And um, hey, hey, Nebraska has good high school football. Imagine that. That's isn't that right? I mean, when, when I talked to when I had Rob's ask on last week, and one of the photos was of of him blocking for Eric Stokes at How Lincoln. How scary Houston. would that be? Him running I mean, at that, you? Yeah, and it's not just I have to get through Rob Zadica that I have to tackle Eric Stokes. I mean, and, yeah, and and that and that wasn't uncommon. At, you know, Lincoln Southeast would have two or three guys that would have right. you know those offers. And so this year, I mean, I was just seeing some more stats. There's another couple kids in Nebraska that are getting. D1 offer someone, I think a wide receiver from Westside got a Texas Tech offer, and then somebody just got a Lloyd Jalen Lloyd. Yeah, is that it? And, and he's, he's, the, they, he's the triple jumper, long jumper. I mean, national champion. He's an Olympic it, level it, jumper, and he plays football. So it's it's not on our I mean, schedule this year, which is it's nice for regular season wise. But they knocked us out of the playoffs a couple of years ago, so it's not out of well, the question. We're getting into the double digits now of Division One FBS offers to kids and. And Nebraska's holding their own. They're getting, you know, we're out yep. there on as many kids as we can possibly get. And, and, uh, and, uh, you know, again, you know, Malachi would be an absolute, you know, kind of cream of the crop there. I think, you know, I look, I mean, you know, Malachi much more than I do. I would just say one of the important things for Nebraska to do, and I think what's important for this season is, you know, winning games, winning games is 100%. It, it's, it's getting to, and, and I think Malachi read something where he, he just basically said, you know, he, he really wants to see us, win some football games, you know, where he's, where he's going to, he wants to go to a place that's, that's a proven winner. And, and we have a great opportunity in front of us. I, I love it. It's not about nerves right now. There really isn't. In fact, the video tonight of, of Frost, I don't know if you saw it on, on Twitter. Yeah, that was, I, I didn't know that was him at first. I just thought, yeah. maybe, like, is it some coach? And then, oh, that's, that's, that was funny. Yeah, he's that's sliding. Awesome. He's sliding down the rails <laughs> of the steps to Memorial Stadium, uh, but you know, assuming probably getting onto the bus or whatever, so that they can go out to the the airport yeah. and they're going to fly out. And what what I, what I loved about it was it was this. It's this idea that we are the oh boy, this is going to be tough this week, and we're going to be yeah. all this pressure on us. And Northwestern has zero pressure, and we're the only team in the world that has pressure on us, you know. And and we're going to show up tight. And I loved our head coach just youthfully sliding down a railing like yeah this is this is what you do i mean it's, yeah, it's like hey there's there's no ca- there's no cameras you know uh obviously nowadays there's always a camera but sure. hey there's nobody you know filming our entire exit so it's yeah who, who who doesn't slide down those every now and then i know i sure would i've done that <laughs> on that that rail you know those mm-hmm. rails when you're coming out he could have he could have started up higher and done the whole thing yeah, I think so. I've That's, seen that done too. Maybe he got, maybe he has to do that next. If he did like had a skateboard or something, that would have been you know really cool. But oh, don't tell me that. I have three skateboards <laughs> in my garage right now. I skateboard. Oh. <laughs> if the university would let me, I would totally try and board slide that. It wouldn't go well, but I would give it a try. 
That would be fun. Um, you mentioned Casey Thompson's press uh, press conference yesterday. Yeah, he broke down Northwestern's defense, and not that this is anything I would I wouldn't expect other players or other teams to be doing too. Let me be clear. But the way that he broke down Northwestern's defense, number ninety nine is this player, and then they brought in these two transfers, and this guy transferred out, and this guy, you know, and he had an understanding, a really good understanding of the personnel and players on the other team, and I, I really. I appreciated that just from a preparation standpoint. You always hear how Casey is. I mean, he is serious about football. Man, that was – I mean, you watched it there. What, what were your thoughts as he was – that's going to be our video um, lead-in on Wednesday night's RedCast okay. when we talk about the offense. I'm just going to let him talk for a minute before we even yeah. – because he's going to break it down better than we can. Yeah, I mean, especially any player, but especially a quarterback, when they talk, just he's confident about what he's saying. He could be talking about – cooking eggs. But if he says it like that, it's like, Hey, he knows how to cook some freaking eggs, man. So he's talking about football and it's obviously he's, you know, you can say, Hey, they run four, three, three, four, they do this player X, Y, or Z are really good. But yeah, he knew transfers, not just transfers that came in the ones who left. So, mm -hmm. Hey, the film that I'm watching now, this guy's not there anymore, but this other guy is now in his spot. Let me go watch his film. Mm -hmm. And that's just, that's, time and that's effort and you know you also have to be smart to do that so you can be smart enough but not put in the work or you can put in the work and that's just not the thing for you mm. uh he's kind of got it all and i have a really good friend uh that i went to school with that's a texas fan and you know it's interesting talking to him now because we're both going through the same thing of powers that we can't win a game that matters we can't even look good losing so we're going through a very similar thing. So it was it was an interesting conversation to have mm -hmm. when Thompson came here because he comes here, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm glad we have the quarterbacks we have now. And then, you know, like Kansas State people looking at Adrian, they're mm -hmm. ecstatic and they should be. He's awesome. He's going to be awesome for them, I think. Um, but the way we talk about him will be different than a K-State fan. Mm -hmm. So seeing that like perspective it. is uh, – but he, I mean, he was succeeding against very good teams. And he's done it before. There's something to be said for that. Well, you know, and there's something, I think with Casey, it's, it, what's interesting to me, and I've, I've brought this up the last couple of shows, and I, I do, there's a bond that can be created on this team between the defense and the offense. Casey, by all by all means, he's, he had a losing season last year. You know, the, yeah. Texas didn't have a winning season. But you would look at Casey and go, man, he did everything right he could in some of those games. They put up seven touchdowns against Kansas in a loss. The defense just couldn't you know, couldn't help him out, right? right. Against right. Oklahoma, they put up 49 points or whatever in the Red River shootout, and they still lose the game because the defense let them down. Conversely, and, and I've already given my thoughts on Martinez, and, and so this is not an indictment on him, but we couldn't finish games last year on yeah. offense. And so our defense, think about it. Our defense is sitting here going, we need, we need someone on offense that can finish that game. And conversely, Thompson sitting there going, I need a defense that can finish a game for me. And imagine that coming together. Yeah, no, imagine, that's a very good point. Start, start it this week in Ireland, but get to 3-0. Come back and you're playing a team like Oklahoma and imagine being 3-0. and And imagine the defense making that big play, you know, a, a sack, an interception, giving the ball to Thompson. And then at the very end, Thompson leads us to a game-winning touchdown at the end. And imagine the bond that gets created where it's like, you're the missing piece that I needed last year. Both sides yeah. saying that. The Garrett Nelsons and those guys on defense, and there's Casey saying – Man, the black shirts came through for me. That is, um, th there, there's a, 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 
I can see that I can envision that kind of possibility there, you know, happening and what that would and, mean. Yeah. And you know, every off season there's always, yeah, where this is the closest our team's ever been and everything, but the, the guys who are captains, Nelson Heinrich, you think about their careers here at Nebraska success wise, win loss wise. And then you look at them as in terms of what they've gone through and they played early, you know, when they maybe didn't have the size to do it or know as much and mm-hmm. went through a lot of, experiences where most of the game is rough they would throw a flash here and there and it'd be very easy to be to think of all the things that you messed up um so for them to you know they're very confident now playing and that's because of all the th- work they've gone through and Caleb Tanner I think is the best example of that yes you know uh I mean a couple of years ago he was a bust and it was oh all the talent in the world but you know and you know to his his uh you know to credit him He's a lot more mature and you got to go through some things sometimes. And they, it obviously shows the support system he has around, not just, you know, maybe in his personal life, but at the team that he's now where he is. Cause mm-hmm. that wasn't always happening in Nebraska. Maybe in the past, a Tanner would have left. Hey, it didn't work out, whatever. But stuck around, showed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, there's 50 other kids on the team that saw him do all those things. Yeah. There That's are huge. this team, this team, if it does well, it's a team that I think can grab Husker fans from all across. Because you, you're, you're on Twitter like I am, so you see you see people, the Husker divisions, they, these certain fans that hate NIL and these certain it's fans that you know hate this thing and all that. This team, this team has a bit of everything to it. I mean, if you like old school Nebraska football, in-state kids or guys that that redshirted right. and stuck around, think of a kid like T- Caleb Tanner. How could you not like him if he if he succeeds this year? To your point, he's been here for five years and he could. It's never been easier to leave a school with the transfer portal, and he never did it. If you like development, yeah. how could you not like Garrett Nelson and Nick Henrich and and those guys? And if you like the walk on program, how could you not like uh, Luke Reimer and, and Colton Feast, who we're going to see him playing some defensive line? Yep. How could you not like that? And yet. If you're someone, if you're someone that's, hey, NIL is the way to go. It gives us a huge advantage. Well, I can't wait to see O'Shawn Mathis. I can't wait to see, um, you know, Casey Thompson. And it's this how you meld it together. It could be a fun team to watch. It can be exciting. There's a lot of talent, a ton of talent. Can it come together? That's been the question the last four years at times, where it's like, you know, we're so close. We use yep. that close word. But I, I've, I've said this a number of times. You can be this close, but you have to do this many things to make up that gap. Right. And right. and that's I think I believe. I, and I've had discussions on this show with people that disagree with me on this. I do believe we were close last year, but I also believe we did this many things wrong. Just it was this much in this game, this much in this game, this much. In, it was yeah. always something different. And and it was, but it led to this much stuff that had to get better. Um, yeah, to, to your point of this team having even what both sides would want. Uh, you know, for old school, two of our cat, we have a captain from Lincoln Southeast and we have a captain from Scott's Bluff. Yep. That's awesome. And then yep. you have a guy like uh, Caleb Tanner, who's the, you know, as, like, like you said, went through all the stuff. And then Bokalik, he just looks cool. That's, that's, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. But then you have, uh, you know, everybody, everybody got a kick out of them running the option in practice. If they ever run it, who cares? But like, oh, they're working on it. You know, that made people feel good. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there was a lot of things. And maybe we'll have even the special team wonks have fun this year. Yep. Well, you guys also get started here this week. You uh, start the season at Seacrest on Thursday night against Kearney. Yes, um, we do. How, you know, I guess we talked about the preparation that, uh, you know, we've seen out of Casey. And, and 
How do you guys prepare a high school team? You guys have more limited hours, obviously, to work with them than what college does. Yeah. But, but you know, what kind of preparation, how much do you expect your players to know going into week one about the opponent? And, and do they do a lot of their own film, you know, training on their own too? So a lot of with high school football, it's looking at the, you know, if, if the same coaching staff, here's what they like to run. You know, you've played teams a lot of times uh, and, you know, you'll watch film and make, uh, play cards out of it for scout team to run and you'll kind of do tendencies. And if, you know, when you watch enough, you'll know that, Hey, when this player comes in, this is probably what they're going to do. You know, our, our line coach, uh, Ryan Fitzgerald, he's always yelling out plays on the sideline. You know, if they're doing something, he'll just call out a play and it's just what, and they run it and it's just film over and over and over. So mm -hmm. that's really cool to see. So the initial parts of that we do as a staff, um, and then make those cards and then tell that to the kids. But with Huddle now, you know, you can have a, a team account and everybody mm -hmm. can go in and see the same exact film that we're watching, that we're explaining to them. And the, the nice thing for us is you can see how, you can see who all is logged in, how long they were watching. Um, and so, you know, that that's a, a good way to keep players accountable. Um, you know, like last year, Noah Walters, that kid watched film and he knew what he was watching and he knew mm -hmm. how to attack it. That It was really cool. So that, that is so that's, this is our ninth fan forum. And one of the earlier ones we did was with Glenn Snodgrass, who's the, the father of yeah. Garrett, but he's also the head coach of York high school. And he brought up huddle. We were talking about some recruiting, but also he was just mentioning how that has changed the game. And you just said that. And it's like, that doesn't even dawn on me. Cause when I was playing, that didn't exist, but like yeah, you'd watch film Saturday morning and that was it. Yeah, exactly. And now that that's just one more tool now. And 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 it does create some accountability too if you can sit there and see have players at least logged in. Yeah. You know, that's interesting. That is. Well, and the thing about film, it, you can be as good film-wise and preparation-wise as you want to be, you know? Mm -hmm. And tendencies, you know, you have to watch you know, a whole game maybe 3-4 times through and then something will click that oh that was different. That was the same play, but this happened. And mm -hmm. maybe that's a tip or something like that. Um, so it's, that's just a, how much do you want to do that? You know, mm -hmm. Whipple said uh, in one of the press conferences here that more games are lost than one in, in the first game, basically meaning more often teams make mistakes. They try oh, yeah. to do too much. They're bad at special teams or whatever. And that, I mean, my first few years coaching, and again, this it's youth football is anything from fifth to eighth grade, but but it really didn't matter at the, at the, the end of the day, the team on week one, the team that if we did enough well in special teams, if we did the, if we didn't fumble, if you don't have turnovers, if you don't have a bunch of penalties, if you play a cleaner football game, unless the opponent is just so ridiculously more talented than you, if it's yeah. two fairly comparable teams, if you play clean, you're going to, you're going to win games. It's well, just as simple Iowa as is that. So consistent. I mean, they're not going to wow you with anything. Iowa will not wow you with anything. It's Iowa. But they're not going to mess up. So they're just wait for you, you know, just kind of lay in wait and mm -hmm. do that. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's it's a discipline thing. And, you know, when we condition our kids, if they, you know, they have to have their foot behind the line or they have to touch a line and, you know, false start, stuff like that, you know, we'll get 100 kids running, one kid this far away. But, you know, me or another coach, we saw that one. And, mm -hmm. you know, Gingry's in the middle running it. It's like, hey, Ging, you got one. So then they got to redo that. And at yeah. first, you know, they, they'll keep do, making mistakes. But at a certain point, 
the conditioning that they're doing running and pads sucks. So mm-hmm. you you know you kind of have that's a happy meeting of medium medium of pushing them to that and also explaining like you feel the way you do right now because you just took it easy for half a second. Mm-hmm. And well, so it, things like that from high school all the way up to college and pros, mm-hmm. those are those are some way and I, I think they're doing more things like that. I made a statement last week. We had um, a couple of weeks ago, we had Aaron Sorensen on from Hale Varsity. And that was the day, it was a Wednesday. And that morning they got to watch some, some practice, uh, the, the press did. And in their notes, there was a, a, a punt drill and one of the punters. So we don't know if it was a starter. I mean, they had multiple punters and everything, but one of them dropped a punt and Bill Bush was on the field immediately. And, you know, just screaming that we don't miss a rep or anything. And I made a statement here, and I'm curious what your thoughts are as a coach. In practice, do you ever – sometimes you hope that something – they make a mistake. I mean, you want to find a coachable – like, you don't want a perfect practice in some ways. You want them to make a mistake where there's an opportunity to coach them up on something. And there's a part of me thinking that Bill Bush was just waiting, like wanting to see somebody (laughs) drop one because it's like – that I'm going to pounce on that as a moment to say we don't don't take any rep off, and which is exactly what he said to him. Yeah, uh, I mean, things will happen. I mean, th- things can build up over a couple of days, even a couple of weeks with a, a certain player or a unit um, or a side of the ball. And it's just kind of welling up, welling up. But if you just kind of blurt out something, it may not always stick. The moment, they may not always be listening. Um, so that, that, I mean, to your point, Bush was just waiting for somebody to mess up. And he probably was so pumped. Oh, my God, I get to yell, punter. Yes. And everybody, you know, he doesn't have to yell at someone else and hurt someone's feelings. Punter dropped the ball. Hey, you know, you're supposed to catch that. But uh, yeah, that's, you know, I'm sure I can't speak for myself, but I'm sure every coach has that or, you know, Hey, not everybody's running with the ball high and tight. So then when you see the starter do it, you yell at him and it's like, okay. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's uh, you're always planning kind of scheme. And it's like, okay, this guy needs this or this guy needs to hear that. And when the moment goes, like Bill Bush, it's just like, okay, game time. Yeah, Been you're on everybody. It. A lot of the time when you're coaching one kid at something specific that they did wrong, whether it was discipline-wise or play-wise, you're talking to 20 other people, which is why, mm-hmm. you know, you sometimes yell at people. They're right there. You know they can hear you, but you want to make sure that these other people hear too, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, teachable moments. Teachable yeah. moments. Uh, yeah, Bill Bill Bush is a really fun person to watch, Coach. <laughs> I've 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 wanted Intense. him back. If you go back in Redcast, we started in in spring of 2017 doing this, and I mean 2018. I, I mean I was just I talk up Bush like if if he ever came back, if he ever came back. And one of my yeah, favorite he, stories is hearing about him and Joseph in the locker room after LSU wins the title, and they're smoking a cigar in the yeah. locker room saying, how cool would this be to do this in Lincoln? Well, they have a chance now. Oh, and, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, during I mean, that whole uh, – so he still has had some family in Lincoln. So mm-hmm. I can actually tell you that for with 100% uh, validity that that family likes our Indian food. Oh, There okay. were people that come in and was like, why are they decked out in LSU gear? This is so weird. And then, oh, hey, someone we know coaches on the staff. And so it mm-hmm. was cool having – you know, those people come in uh, during that run because then they'd be, of course, wearing more of it and more of it and more of it as they were kept winning. So then it was mm-hmm. just like an insult to injury. 
Like we, <laughs> I, we want, we want that again, you know? And then the whole, you know, Burrow wanted to go to Nebraska. That whole thing just kind of dug all season long. Um, you know, every time some national reporter would find that out, it was. Yeah. I'd never heard again. that. I, I, I didn't now, realize that that was the case. Huh? And then, you know, now Bush and uh, coach Joseph, they're here. Like, that's what, this is what we wanted. This, all this staff, this mm-hmm. is, this is what we wanted. So you know, I really hope have it goes you, well for them because it's been, it's been tough. Well, uh, I'll say it again. You know, I think Frost has put a priority on this state since day one. I do, but we've had a year, a year ago where there were some kids. Uh, now it's almost two years ago, I guess, where Omaha, we lost some Omaha kids that year, but this new staff, Joseph Bush being on it too. Have you noticed at, at the Lincoln East level, again, you have Malachi, you have recruits there. Have you noticed a difference in how that's being recruited, uh, more of an emphasis or, or you know, just uh, what, how have you noticed it? So I guess emphasis wise, I, I wouldn't be able to speak of. And, you know, with, with Malachi, you know, I know, you know, people will come visit and whatnot, but, you know, he talks to so many people about what he's going to do and whatnot. So like, I don't talk to him about recruiting and I never mm-hmm. ever will. Um, so like specifics of that, I couldn't speak of, but uh, as a, as a high school coach and someone that talks to the, our kids, a lot of it is just about exposure. Oh, Hey, we saw a Nebraska coach walking through the hall. You may not even know who it was, but Hey, oh, he must've been here to talk to, uh, you know, Hey, he's here to talk to Malachi. And then, you know, coach King, Hey, we got two other kids. Just come meet him. You know, mm-hmm. uh, two staffs ago, there was a running back coach that I remember went on a Twitter spree of posting all the schools he was visiting with. You know, hey, it was a it was a thing around Lincoln, of mm-hmm. hey, we're gonna kind of rush Lincoln, see all these schools. So I went to practice that day and asked another coach, uh, like, hey, was such and such here? Like, no, what are you talking about? So this coach was just going to schools, taking pictures of the entrance, and that that's what kind of was weird to me because it was just the entrance of all the schools. And then, hey, great to be at you know. X, Y, Z, LPS school. Um, a lot of players here. And it's like, didn't stop at any of them. He stopped, took pictures. And maybe somebody sent him the pictures and he posted them. But either way, that was just like, okay. You know, yeah. what, what, what are we doing here? And things like that have been happening to high school coaches over a couple staffs. And, you know, there's more talent in state now than there was 10 years ago. Uh, I guess I should say recognized talent. Recognize a lot of people that we would bring up or know. Oh man, he they could have played, you know, maybe not in Nebraska, they could have played it Kansas, uh, you know, uh, Northern Mm -hmm. Illinois, something like that. That it's just the wasn't the exposure. So now there's so much exposure. Maybe you're maybe some people that aren't the greatest, maybe are getting hyped up, but I'd rather that that too many guys are getting opportunities or exposure than not enough Mm because we were complaining about not enough for years. You know, you can't now complain that people are getting too much. Yeah, I mean, huddle plays a role in this now. Now you can see, yes. play, you know, players can be exposed and get get exposure to, you know, places all across the country, coaches all across. And that's, I think that's awesome. I've always said that. I don't, I want Nebraska kids wanted and, and sought after by other yeah. schools. And at the end of the day, I still want them coming to Nebraska. But, mm-hmm. but. When, when they don't get that exposure, then the other narrative of we don't have talent comes in. And, and it's interesting. I asked Coach Snodgrass the same thing there about, you know, is there more talent today? And he goes, no. And he's been coaching for 25 years in state. He goes, yeah, he's there's not more, more talent. It's just 
it, they're, they're identified easier now and that helps, but you know, he, he even brought up, you know, the 1997, the last national championship team we had mm-hmm. nine of our 11 starting offensive players were from the state of Nebraska. And the two that weren't were on the offensive line of all things. They, they were lining, yeah. but every school position. Yeah. That's, um, that's wild. That's that. But, that's crazy. Quarterback, fullback, yeah. running back, tight end was, was Tim Carpenter from Columbus. And, and there were other, there were other tight ends too, Sheldon Jackson and stuff. But I mean, there, and, but the point is, is that there was, there's, there's always been talent here. It's, it's, are you going after it and pursuing it? And, yeah. and the way that we've used the walk-on program, coach Osborne, your former neighbor, he, he used to talk, you know, very glowingly about that was an advantage to Nebraska was to have yeah. that. And so uh, it's certainly built up. We've got the largest roster of anybody in the big 10 right now. And, well, and you, hopefully you that, that comes to fruition. The, you, you talk about exposure. I mean, huddle and open doors, those are Lincoln mm. products. And so if we had one of those, that would be, you know, huge, like huddles, that black building they have downtown. That mm-hmm. is, that looks so cool. I mean, it's, it's awesome. And open doors, uh, you know, having a big presence here, obviously. And I mean, they just, they kind of set the standard of how every, all this is going to work. You know, other companies will try and imitate them and model things off of them. Um, mm-hmm. but having them both be rooted here. I mean, that's not maybe a as publicized thing of the nitty gritty of, Hey, going to Nebraska, it's so much easier to, work with these people or do this having them here is huge it's it's Mm -hmm. it's huge it makes us i think a top five nil place where you wouldn't think oh it's that's not la you know how you're gonna get all these deals i mean you may not have to live there to get them because you know you have all these close relationships with huddle and open doors Mm -hmm. yeah no it's it's a it's a huge differentiator for us it's it, it has the potential um, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm overstating it by saying kind of what Nike was to Oregon, but, but what yeah, Huddle, that's a really, that's a, that's a, and Trev, but Huddle and Open Doors within, within footsteps, yeah, um, opened by you know former Huskers or former Nebraska students, um, they are game changers in their respective fields of NIL and in obviously film and tape and and everything that Huddle is, it, it's a game changer, and I can tell you for there's a number of players that get involved with that through the, we've had software engineering students that have gone on and worked with, with huddle yeah. that are a- athletes and, and uh, yeah, no, it's, it's a huge deal. Yeah. The, that, that Oregon and Nike comparison is a really good one. And, you know, the university is doing a good job of incorporating these companies and then into their university, but also sending people to go work for them. So mm-hmm. it's beneficial to both. And, you know, just being in the same city, like you said, a couple, you know, a street over, uh, it'll, it all it has to it has to help us just by proximity. Yeah. We'll have walk, better walk, access to things. You walk into the the beautiful College of Business building on campus that's only a couple of years old, and right when you get up to the steps, there's a the huge uh, portrait photo of the uh, the three the young guys that uh, that started and own Huddle, and they're it's right there, it's front and center. And and uh, I was taking a class a few years ago, a media yeah. graduate level media class, just for the fun of it, and we had. Blake Lawrence came and spoke to it. There's, oh, nice. there's Lawrence talking about him, but he did how they got started with open doors and Prince Makamara was one of the first guys that they were working with on it. And yeah, how they I found the that. need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was huge. like the first person that they like sponsored or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And cause yeah. It was, there was a huge need that, and, and uh, how it's just taken off from there. So yeah, it, again, as Nebraskans and as Lincolnites, it's something to be proud of that that's taking place right here. Well, well Robbie, the- yeah. No go. Well, you're, you're talking about the, the both of them kind of being not just good at what they do in their business, but they kind of 
innovated it and set the standard. Mm -hmm. And so that matched with, you know, how our weight program used to be. And it's like, okay, maybe, maybe apples to apples, Nebraska won't be in Alabama or whatever, but if we can get ahead on something like this again, that's how you have another run. That's how you make Mm -hmm. yourself relevant again. So absolutely hoping it's a, it's a beginning of something, but we'll see. We'll see in a couple of days. Yeah. I'm, I'm very optimistic. I, I think I, I think we have reasons to be optimistic. Yes. Um, Coach Frost said the other day, both teams, North Northwestern and Nebraska, have reasons to be confident after you know the off season that they've had, and I I will agree with that. I'm just I'm really excited to see what this is going to look like on the field. Um, and and I think if we play a clean game, this goes back to that first game of the year. If we play a clean game, I'm not concerned that I, we should be able to beat Northwestern if we play a clean game. Um, and a lot of people want to go back to the Illinois game last year, the first game. I was in Champaign for it. I, I know it all too well. Ugh. That was the opposite of a clean game. So, yeah, if we play that kind of game, we can lose to anybody. But if we play a clean game and with the coaches that we have now, Bill Bush with special teams, as we've talked about and, and all that, if we play a clean game, I'm, I I like our chances to, to be just fine coming back with, with a victory. And, uh, and then it's get ready for the next game. Get ready for North Dakota. They, we're not good enough to look past anybody. No, no. Tell you what, prediction, five return touchdowns this year between oh. punts and kickoff. Nice. So Watch. what, Trey Bryant, T- Tommy Hill, what do you got? Uh, I think Trey Palmer. I, I He's going to be so much or fun Tra- to watch. Trey Palmer. Did I say Bryant? I, sometimes I say Trey oh. Bryant there. Trey Palmer. and uh, I miss yeah. Trey Bryant. He was fun to watch as well. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> Palmer, uh, just his – mindset and uh his attitude is i i think he's gonna be awesome but yeah five mm-hmm. return touchdowns between punt and kickoff return mm-hmm. well robbie uh we wish you guys well the the lincoln east spartans i know Thank rob you. zaska said he was going to be watching tonight and so uh his alma mater there i'm sure he he wishes you well too on thursday at secrets against carney tell give it yeah give us your, your parting shot here you know we always let our guests uh, have the final say so What's your final say on what it means to be a fan this season, everything, you know, what are your thoughts? Uh, what it means to be a fan. Uh, I think all of them, but specifically Huskers lately has been patience and also hope we've been patient. Now I think we have good reason to be hopeful. We're always going to be hopeful and it's Kool-Aid season, but mm-hmm. uh, it feels real this time. So I, I really hope it is. I think it will be. And I'm, I can't wait. We get to turn on the TV Saturday afternoon and there's going to be freaking Nebraska football. on. That's awesome. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. We're Congratulations. So we made it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, before we say goodbye, I'm going to, I just want to give one more shout out here to, to BG's best Thank um, you. 56 Pine Lake, uh, facebook.com slash BG's best. And uh, it, it truly, I can't, I'm going to, I haven't had it yet. I've just, I've had the smells and I've got to stop by here and I, and I will here in the next couple of weeks. And, Best Indian and food in Nebraska. Oh, it, I can't wait. Can't no wait bias. to try it. Well, anyways, thank you so much, Ravi. This has been a, a lot of fun. Thank you to all the, the Redcasters that have been yeah, following along throughout all the questions. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, this is, this has been a blast. This is exactly what I want the fan forum to be is we tell a lot of stories from people all across the, the, the Husker nation and uh, this was a great story to tell. So thank you so much, Ravi. And just remember, Redcasters, you could be the next one to join us on the forum.
Media Production.